welcome to this episode of Matt Talks. We're going to be covering a couple books, but first, if you enjoy the show at all, even in the teensiest, tiniest bit, I appreciate you sharing it and keeping up with the show. Easiest way to do that is on Facebook. Matterday Podcast has a Facebook page, but that's where I keep up with this show as well. M-A-T-T-U-R-D-A-Y, Matterday Podcast. On Twitter, if you want to get a hold of me instantly, directly, and very effectively, my DMs are open so far as I can keep them open, so long as I can keep them open. Uh, at M-A-T-T-A-G-H-E-T-T-I, Mattagetti on Twitter. I am dropping the list that I'm going to be reading from today as we go. Last but not least, never ever least, we are on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud for ease of access and completely free. So check out the show if you like it. Maybe check out another episode. Give me your thoughts on the books that we talk about, the movies we talk about, the games we talk about, the things we talk about, or I suppose if you're just listening. But if you want to talk about them, I'm happy to talk. I love the conversation. So let's go ahead and jump into the things we're going to be uh, checking out today. We're going to be peeking at, peering onto. Uh, first one, one is a piece of fiction, a fiction book, and the other, I guess if you read the title of these, I'm, I've always kind of announced the books and said like what they are and given this like pre, uh, this uh, synopsis of what I'm going to be talking about. But if you're reading the title of these podcasts, you already kind of know what we're going to be jumping on. Um, so that being said, yeah, one is a piece of fiction. The other is more of a self-help kind of thing. We'll talk about the self-help first because it is way easier to talk about. It's called Good to Great by Mr. Collins, who wrote the book and read the book for the audiobook version, which is kind of a fun, cool little factoid. Um, but good to great. What is it about? It is a self, well, not really self-help. It is a more of a study. Um, it's a, an examination of what makes a company good to great or the companies that make the transition from good to great or the companies that don't necessarily make the transition from good to great. It examines all of these things and it asks the big question of why. Why are some of these companies great companies? Why are there some of these companies only good companies? Why are some of these companies that were good not so good? Why are some companies that were great, how do they slide off? What is happening? These are the questions that Mr. Collins aims to answer. And he does a great job. Um, good to great. I listened to it in the audiobook version. It took about six hours. Not a super duper long book. Um, fairly short by the audiobook standards. The last, oops, see, I'm dropping stuff. I'm dropping stuff all the way down. Uh, Before the Fall was the last audiobook we did. Um, that was the one about the plane. It's a couple episodes back. It was a piece of fiction. That one was a 13 hour audiobook. So, this one, good to great, being only six hours, is a pretty light uh, read. And air quotes on that because it's a listen. Pretty light little listen. So, nothing crazy, nothing too nuts to listen to. Um, I think it took me two or three days of not. Uh, not super focused listening. I don't. I tend to do other things while listening to audiobooks, whether it's going on a walk or working on stuff on the computer or anything around the house or, or playing a game or something. I tend to be doing other things as well. Um, so that being said, the book took me two or three days to knock out of, of listening to it. Um, but pretty great information overall. The very clinical, uh, very methodical way that they went about the studies is very interesting. Um, Collins does a great job reading his own work. He does a great job, um, and I don't mean to disparage other writers slash readers, other people who write stuff and then read it aloud um, for their audiobooks, but I have listened to others that they don't necessarily do as good of a job as Colin does. He's a good orator, he's good at speaking, he's good at communicating, and he's good at putting emphasis on the words that in the writing you can tell he was trying to put emphasis on. All of that to say, um, like I said before, the book is a pretty interesting read. Unfortunately, the... Uh, that the content itself, what makes a company go from good to great, isn't necessarily applicable by and large. Um, while it's good information to know and it's interesting stuff to look at and kind of think about, it's not necessarily something you'll use in an everyday setting. It's not necessarily something you'll use 
uh, in a month to month setting, it's not even necessarily something you might even use once a year. So while it's definitely, in my opinion, good stuff to know and have had experienced or had read, we're not talking about a book that you're going to be using or referencing hardly ever. Um, the result of a lot of the studies and what they end up finding at the end of the book, uh, I don't like to spoil, but a lot of what they, the conclusions they come to aren't things that necessarily need a lot of uh, in-depth analysis. They're, they're pretty touch and go. Um, it's interesting to see how they got there. And me, my, my love for the technical side of things is probably uh, swaying my judgment on the book a little bit because I love knowing why things are the way they are. Um, so that's probably why I'm attributing value to the book, um, possibly more than it's gonna to grant me um, personally, because I don't have a good business that I'm trying to turn into a great business. I don't have, I don't work for a good business that's trying to transition to a great business. I don't have management around that's asking those questions and how do we go from good to great? How do we avoid going from great backwards to good? Um, there's there's always take there's takeaways for an employee how you can be kind of go from a good employee to a great employee and the mindset to put in but again out of a six hour audiobook if that's the takeaway was it really worth it is it something you're going to use every day is it not something you could find somewhere else um arguably you could and arguably you won't use it every single day so overall uh like the book wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody i would definitely tell people who own any kind of business and feel like their business could be leveraged a bit more, could be pushed a bit further, I would tell them to check it out. It's an easy read, so it can't hurt. Um, it's got good stuff about hiring people and the, the kind of the thought process that needs to go into that. But past that, um, nothing supremely revolutionary. I did take notes because I always like to take notes on what we read. So let me grab the notes here and, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, a little, little catch in my throat. Uh, first of all, the, the notes. Um, sometimes I'll get pages of notes from a book. Sometimes just a page. This one just came out to about seven-eighths of a page. A pretty full page, but not an entirely full page. It's a small notebook page, so it's not a huge page. Anyway, onward with the notes. First of all, be rigorous, not ruthless. You want to be rigorous in your hiring, uh, in your company management, but not ruthless. Like I said before all of this, the... Uh, the information in this book can be summed up pretty easily, so if you listen to what I'm saying, you might be able to avoid reading the book, is all I'm saying. Um, first of all, be rigorous, not ruthless. Second of all, the most valuable thing a company can have isn't money, margin, or growth, it's people. Um, that one kind of seems pretty obvious. If you've got the right employees, you don't have to worry about the rest because everything will essentially run itself. If you've got people who are not just good employees, but people who are truly committed, truly sold to the company, you've got employees who have the same mindset, you've got employees who are headed the same direction, sink or swim, you won't have to worry about sinking because they will all be so driven to swim with the company, to make the company float. Um, the moment you need to manage, you've made a mistake. That is probably, from what I remember, the notes I remember taking, I'm going to read them. It's been a second since I finished the book. I typically keep a pretty busy flow of books, but I think that was the most memorable, most impactful note that I took from this one. Um, the moment you need to manage, you've made a mistake. You should not be hiring people that you need to manage. You should be hiring people, again, that are of the same values, the same beliefs, not necessarily you know, religiously or, or anything like that, but of the same mindset for your business. The people who look at your you know, shoe company or your paper-making business or your whatever widget or audit end you produce, and they say, okay, heck yeah, we can make this happen. We can make this go. We can take this all the way to the freaking moon. We just need to push it. Those are the people that you shouldn't have to manage, 
those are the people you hire and they are pushing with you and they are you're hustling with you and struggling with you and you're all going the same direction and you're going very very hard um, the right people don't need blame just understanding so that's kind of like the first one where you don't need to manage but further you don't need to blame if you have the right people you won't be blaming them you'll just be uh, understanding what they did and why they did it and then from there you give them understanding and they'll tell you and you can tweak and adjust based on that um, profit per X is the biggest growth so profit per customer is the biggest growth um, so you just want profit per customer to be the most money uh, don't get passionate about what you do do what makes you passionate that is uh, advice for kind of the book and the good to great but also found on a lot of other things that's what I said before about their other books that kind of touch on this stuff um, Tim Ferriss is someone who, who touches on this pretty regularly about finding your passion, finding your niche, scratching your own itch, things like that. So don't necessarily need a whole book to unpack it for you. But like I said, it's not a bad book if you have a business. And the last one, there is an answer you will not find it by Christmas uh, opportunity is, or the last two. The first one is there's an answer you will not buy, find it by Christmas. What does that mean? That means in the book, they were talking about a very specific example about uh, optimism in the workplace and the people who uh, don't survive um, to tend to be the optimists, and they, the example they use is a uh, World uh, World War II veteran, I believe. And I'm sorry if I'm mis um, striking that and putting the wrong attributes to the wrong person, um, as if he was a World War or a uh, Vietnam vet or World War One or something. But this veteran um, was in a, in a prison camp, and the people who kept saying, "Well, we're going to get out by Christmas. We're going to then Christmas would come and go." And they'd say, "Well, we're going to get out by New Year's and it would come and go." And they'd say Easter and Easter would come and go and then they'd say, "Ah, it'll be you know, summer before when we get out." And summer would come and start and then autumn would hit and they go, "Oh, we're going to be out by Thanksgiving." And Thanksgiving would come and go and they'd say, "Oh, we're going to be out by Christmas." Um, those were the people who didn't make it. So being very real with yourself, very real with the people around you, especially in business is very, very important. If you're not willing to do that, you're not really willing to run a business. You're willing to uh, lie to people and create fantastical illusions that, of things that matter. People's livelihood matters more than your fantastical illusions. Um, the last one, opportunity is a, excuse me, opportunity is a fact, not a reason. Um, yeah, if, it's, it's, if you have the opportunity to do something, it's a fact. You don't, it's not a reason to do it necessarily. It's a fact. You do or you do not have the opportunity. Um, for an abstract example, you do or do not have the opportunity to drive your car while intoxicated. If you have your car, and you're intoxicated, it's not a reason to drive your car, it's a fact, you have the opportunity. You shouldn't do it, you're breaking the law, there's no question about that, but the opportunity is presenting itself. Um, same with with almost every aspect of life, if you have, you know, $4,000 in the bank, you the, the fact is you have the opportunity to go shopping and blow all of that money, but because you have the money is not a reason to blow it, it's just a fact that you have it. Um, on the other end of that, there are good choices that you could make, you have, you know, a, a three local gyms and you have the opportunity to be a member of those gyms um these are facts not a reason to join all the gyms but these are opportunities that are presenting themselves so overall like i said before good book wouldn't necessarily say it's great but definitely worth a read if you have a small business or a business you're trying to change from good to great or people you employ that you might want to consider reshuffling um the next book oh boy what a book atlas shrugged by ann rand this book is a heck of a book, and I feel like we could do a whole, whole episode on this book, but we don't have time for that, so we're just going to do this little few minutes we've got. Um, I took a lot of notes. I took a lot, a lot of notes. Uh, first of all, it's a fictional book. Second of all, it's highly controversial, and not everybody likes it. Um, 
I went to Goodreads, which is a website that's about books, if you're not familiar, poked around a little bit, and pretty divisive book. Um, the, the background on Anne Rand is she's extremely, um, extremely objectivist, which means it is what it is. A is A. Um, what you see is what you got, basically. There's no wonderful, fantastical way of looking at the world. It is what you see. So, carrying that train of logic, she writes a story where her characters are, uh, some of them are kind of objectivists on the line, some of them are pretty hard objectivists, some of them are um, absolutely not objectivists, and they tend to be pretty socialistic in their approach to things. Um, so, why is the book divisive? I guess we'll cover first. It paints socialism with a pretty hard uh hard brush pretty pretty sharp glance at socialism and it's not very warm it's not very fuzzy it pretty much condemns the whole thing from the get-go it paints a picture of how Anne rand the the author paints a picture of how rand thinks socialism starts and then from there it, it just continues on how socialism gets worse how socialism you know makes emotion and feeling this um thing that people are constantly chasing and trying to achieve but at the cost of actual lives and the cost of people's livelihood. So uh, the book, like I said, it's fictional. It is very, very big book. Um, the copy I had was over 1,100 pages. There were other copies that are smaller in height and width and very uh, much thicker. So it's a, it's a big read. Um, past that, notes I took on the book. I took a lot of notes. Good Lord, I took a lot of notes. <laughs> Um, like I said, I don't always double back on these because I start reading something different. Um, we'll only go, let's do four of them. So we'll just at random. Um, number one, the most depraved human is a man with no purpose. Uh, that, I don't, I don't, my note taking doesn't tend to be biased one way or another. It doesn't tend to support Rand. It doesn't tend to support uh, any kind of socialistic beliefs or capitalistic or liberal or this, that, or the other. Um, it's good to know what the other walks look like before you start making your decisions. Otherwise, you're just being ignorant. Um, so saying that the most depraved human is a man with no purpose, I agree with that. I think that's pretty objective, um, which obviously if it's Rand, that's the point because objectivism. But I think that is also true for socialism. Um, I think being depraved isn't something that falls into a political party. I think it's something that's a very mental, very personal um, struggle. I think it's something that's very day-to-day -day for some people and in some situations, and sometimes it needs to be. Sometimes it's the catalyst that gets you going, and you feel like you're you're drowning a little bit, or you just need something. So we're running short on time, but we're, we'll keep hustling. Um, number two, failure comes when you bask in victory. Um, that, I think, is completely true, again, for no matter which political uh, stance you take. I think failure, that is something that uh, should be established at a high school level that the that, or junior high level. The people who are braggarts and the people who are loud and the people who point to their success are the people who are slapped in the face with failure. Um, that's pretty... Uh, pretty much, in my opinion, pretty true across the board. You don't brag about the stuff you get, you achieve, or you accomplish. You do it, you accept it humbly that you were able to do it, and you move on. Um, share things of value, not of price. Again, that one's pretty free of, and I'm, I'm reading these off and kind of grading my own work as we go. Like I said, I hadn't read them all in a while. Um, share things of value, not of price. That one's free of any political bias or any kind of things like that. Uh, things of value, as we know, we being the 20-something uh, generation, um, the people slightly older who are in their low 30s, I think tend to agree from what I've conversations I've had, but we don't necessarily like expensive things. We don't dream of um, growing up to buy solid oak furniture like generations past. We don't 
we don't dream of those kind of things. But taking trips, taking pictures, doing stuff of value with other people, the relationships, share those things. Don't necessarily worry about outspending everyone. You can't. There's always going to be somebody with more money than you. But there's not somebody who has more value. There's not somebody who can create a more valuable friendship with someone else. So focus on that. Um, the the last one, and this one we're picking because most of my notes are in black and this one's in blue. So apparently I was writing on two different days or at two different locations or a pen died, as, as they do. Uh, this one says, my fear comes from understanding. Others come from refusal to understand. That one, um, there is no political, I would say there's no political bias in it. Um, it in the book in the context of the book there's some because i from what i remember it's a pretty objectivist character saying it about a socialist character it could be said the other way around if somebody from a more liberal perspective was saying that someone from a more uh, conservative perspective what scares them about them is that they don't understand because as far as uh, social issues go that tends to be a uh, kind of a tug of war there that each side doesn't understand the other or isn't willing to listen um, but overall Overall, Atlas Shrugged, uh, I will honestly and openly say it is definitely one of my favorite books, if not my favorite. I would put it as my favorite currently, my favorite that I've read recently. Um, but it's because of the, the, the characters are so baked in what they do. I find found some of them to be incredibly relatable. Um, so that it's, it's very hard for me personally. This is a very personal note. Um, it's very hard for me to find characters that I think are relatable characters that I think are worth reading and kind of worth diving into their mind a little bit. Um, sometimes there's always characters you find who have one or two or three like quirky, fun, unique qualities that you can kind of relate to, but finding ones that you can really dive in on is kind of tricky. So definitely a solid read for me. We're at time. I try to go 10, 15 minutes and we're almost at 20 because the books were so good and so big. Um, but thank you for listening. If you like the show, like I said at the start, there's a Facebook page. I'm always there, checking it out, listening to you. Um, also on Twitter at M A T T A G H E T T I at Mattagetti on Twitter. Um, I've got a YouTube channel that which is kind of throwaway. Well, it's not. There's uh, daily vlogs, but Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. If you want to keep up with the show, it's always free. I appreciate you sharing and love all the recommendations. I've gotten recommendations on books that I've talked about here on the show. Um, so if you have any, let me know. Happy to cover them. But that is all for me. I will talk to you hopefully next week as we continue to uh, consume the media around us and have a conversation about it. So talk to you next week.